Hey girls, welcome back to session two of Step Into Strength. We're so glad that you could join us. And you know, we hope that you have been enjoying your study guide this last week. I know that for me personally, I have loved going deeper into each chapter of Philippians and just allowing God to speak to me and show me the areas of my life that he wants to add his strength to. Yes, absolutely. So now it's time to grab your pen, grab your notebook, get your coffee, get cozy, and get ready for session number two. Welcome to our second session in our series, Step into strength. I am so excited you're joining me. And right there, wherever you are watching, I am joining you. And I am just pulling up my chair to be right there with you. And I believe God is going to speak to us today. You know, I think we all have those days when we could use a little bit more strength, don't you? I mean, we all have days when we feel a little bit overwhelmed. Um, maybe you are even having one of those days today. I don't know. But I am so thankful that we can look at the example of the Apostle Paul in the Bible because he is someone who could have so easily felt overwhelmed with life's circumstances. You know, he wrote the book of Philippians from a Roman jail. And every morning when he woke up there, he didn't know whether or not that was going to be the day that he'd be put to death. I mean, he was facing extreme circumstances. He was facing so much uncertainty and opposition. Life as he had known it had come to a stop. But instead of feeling fearful, instead of falling apart, he was so full of supernatural joy and that joy in him produced supernatural strength. He learned the secret to being able to live with that kind of joy and strength regardless of what situation he found himself in. And he writes the book of Philippians as a letter to his dear friends to teach them these secrets that he learned. And we are going to learn from his secrets in this series. And in each of the four chapters of Philippians, he reveals another secret, another key to how he lived like this. And so today... As we look at the first chapter of Philippians, we are going to see the first key that he shares with us. And that is, be confident in Christ. All right? I want that to sink in. Say it with me. Be confident in Christ. In this first chapter, we see that Paul had this overwhelming confidence in Christ. It's, it's really remarkable. And as I was thinking about it, I realized it is completely impossible to have the joy and strength of God if we have no confidence in him, right? I mean, if we don't believe that he's with us, if we don't believe that he'll take care of us, that he'll fulfill his promises in our life, we'll never experience his joy, his strength. We may have happiness that's based on circumstances, but 
feelings and circumstances can change in an instant. Confidence in Christ is key to stepping into supernatural joy and strength. And in this first chapter of Philippians, Paul refers to his confidence in Christ in several different ways, several different times. And so we are going to take a look at four of these occasions in this first chapter, all right? So get ready to look at several verses. First of all, I want us to look at verse 6. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, just a little side note, because we're women and we can do rabbit trails. Before we get into talking about this further, remember in our last session, I told you that we are going to be having a memory verse from each of the four chapters of Philippians to help us really remember these keys that Paul's teaching us. Well, this is our memory verse for this week, all right? So I just want you to make a note of that, and we'll be talking more about that later. But in this verse, Paul is saying that he had confidence that the Lord was at work in the lives of those he's writing to, in his friends, other people. That's pretty remarkable, don't you think? Because when we're in the midst of a major challenge in life, our humanity is usually pretty focused on ourselves, not on other people. We're not usually focused on reaching out to them, encouraging them, telling them with such strong conviction that God's at work in their life. We're usually just trying to figure out how in the world anything's going to work out in our lives, right? But Paul has a very different perspective. He had this strong confidence even in the midst of his challenge on behalf of others. He was praying for them. He knew that God was at work and God would continue to work in their lives. When we are in a major challenge in life, where is our focus? Is it more on ourselves or on others? We can learn some things from Paul. Second occasion he talks about his confidence is in verse 12. It says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Paul had this overriding confidence that the Lord was at work in his situation, not just on behalf of others, but in his situation as well. You know, when we face difficult situations, usually we just want to see God change the situation, don't we? Usually we just want him to get us out of that situation. And when we don't see things changing, we tend to think God's not at work. We tend to think he's not hearing us. He's not answering. He's not working in our situation. But Paul takes a very different perspective. He has confidence that God will use his situation for his glory. That people will see God through his situation. Think about what that little shift would produce in our lives. Because when we focus on 
God, change my situation. Get me out of this. Hurry, hurry, do something quick. You know what that does? That keeps our focus on what we don't have, on what isn't happening. It keeps us in a place of frustration, worry, fear, and discouragement. But when our focus is, God, I know you've got me. I know you're going to take care of me. I know you'll never leave me or forsake me. So I am confident that you're going to bring me through this. So while I'm in it, I want you to work through me. I want you to be seen through me. I want you to use this for your glory. Wow, that perspective would change everything. You know why? Because it changes us. And instead of crying and kicking and screaming all the way through the challenge, which um, I'm sure none of you ever do, I admit I have done in my life, instead of doing that, you know what we'll do? We'll seek God in the middle of the challenge. We'll ask him to use us in the situation so that he can be seen. We'll trust him. We'll cling to him. And as a result, we'll experience more of his joy. And as a result, we'll be infused with his strength to move forward. I love Paul's perspective. Are we willing to let God use us and be seen through us in the midst of situations that we do not like? Let's look at another occasion when Paul talks about this incredible confidence he has. He recognizes that his confidence was contagious. In Philippians 1, and just continuing right on from what we just read in verse 13, it says, So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Other people were impacted by Paul's confidence in Christ. And believers saw his confidence, and it was contagious. They realized, wow, if Paul can have this kind of confidence in a prison cell, then we can be even more bold to share the gospel. We don't need to shrink back. God's taking care of him. God's working in his situation, and God's going to work in me too, whatever happens. Confidence in Christ is contagious. And when we have that confidence, others around us will be impacted. Let's look at another area where Paul talks about having this confidence. In verses 19 through 21, he talks about being full of confidence for his future. Verse 19 says, For I know, I know he had confidence. I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope 
that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Wow. Paul had such confident assurance that Christ was at work in and through his life, regardless of how his future unfolded. If he lived, Christ would continue to be magnified through him. And if he died, he'd be with Christ, exactly what he'd been living for. Win-win. But, wow, how many of us can really, honestly, sincerely say that same thing and have that kind of confidence? Wow, if I live, great. If I die, great. His confidence for his future, was so wrapped around Jesus. Now, I want us to realize that that was the overriding, big-picture confidence that he had for his future. However, we see that he also had a more zoomed-in, immediate confidence for his future. Because in verse 24, it says, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Although he had this assurance that God had him, no matter how his future unfolded, it would be good. He also had this immediate confidence that God wasn't finished with him yet. And that God was going to allow him to continue in ministry, helping others on the earth. When I read this, it reminds me, and I I feel like Paul is just walking out what David said in Psalm 27, verse 13, where he said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, without confidence in Christ, we'll lose hope, we'll lose heart will be discouraged, will become fearful. Paul's confidence was so securely, completely in Christ and in Christ alone. I think so often we tend to put confidence in so many other things, sometimes in everything but God. We especially put confidence in ourselves, and our abilities. You know, in Philippians chapter 3, just a little bit further on in this, the book that we're looking at, Paul said, if anyone had reason to put confidence in themselves, it's me. He said, you know, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Jew of great status. He said, if anyone could put confidence in themselves, it's me. But he said in verse 3, Put no confidence in the flesh. Our world really puts a lot of emphasis on self-confidence, don't we? But the Bible tells us not to put any confidence in ourselves, in our flesh. 
when we do, it'll always bring disappointment. So we need to recognize where our confidence really lies. If we're going to learn from Paul and, and put to work this key that he learned in our lives to accessing more of the joy and the strength of God, if we're going to become more confident in him, we've got to recognize where is our confidence currently lying? Is it in wealth or possessions? Maybe thinking like, hey, once this house is paid off, then I'll have confidence about my future and everything will be fine. Once I have this amount of money in the bank, then everything is going to be good. Is that where our confidence is? Maybe it's in education or achievements. Hey, I have these degrees. I've accomplished this, this, and this. I can do anything. All of those things are fantastic. But that's not where our confidence should lie. How about putting confidence in our appearance? So often people put confidence in their appearance. I mean, this is a world today where we are obsessed with our appearance, aren't we? But we can't afford to put confidence in our appearance. It's going to make us like an emotional roller coaster. One day we look good, one day we don't. Our confidence doesn't belong in our appearance. Sometimes we can put confidence in our talents or our giftings or our health. You know, I was recently talking with a friend, and she was sharing her story and things that God had done in her life, and she shared that since the time she was a young girl, she just had this very outgoing personality. And she said that she just everywhere she went, she made friends easily and everything came easily to her. And this continued throughout her high school and into college. And, and she said she just never worried. She never... Uh, thought there was anything she couldn't do because everywhere she went, people liked her. She made friends. She fit in everywhere. People were drawn to her. But then, as a young mom, she ended up having a brain aneurysm. It should have killed her, but it didn't. And in the midst of that, she realized that she hadn't even been aware that so much of her confidence was in herself, in her personality, in her natural giftings. And her confidence could no longer be in those things. And she found herself in a place in life when her confidence had to be in Christ and Christ alone. And as she put her confidence in him and clung to him, throughout a, a couple of difficult years of walking this out and, and recovering, she experienced more of God and his nature. She discovered his joy and his strength carried her through and brought her through on the other side where she found full recovery. She experienced a complete and total miracle. But you know, I think a big part of the miracle wasn't just the physical healing. A big part of the miracle was what God did on the inside, bringing her to a place of total confidence in him. 
And you know, for all of us, we need to stop and recognize where our confidence lies. Where are we putting our confidence? And then once we get honest with ourselves and we recognize where we put our confidence, and maybe it's in multiple things, then we need to bring those things to God, talk to him about them, ask him to help us make adjustments, surrender those things to him, and ask him to help us grow in becoming secure in him. Ask him to help us really believe his promises in the core of our being so that our confidence is firmly fixed in him. You know, Paul learned this secret, that when our confidence is in Christ, that's when we experience his joy. That's when we discover this strength that carries us through anything we face in life. And it's my prayer that we will all get to that place of confident trust in him to experience all that he has for us. I want to pray for you today. Father, I just pray right now for every person watching this video. Father, I pray that you would reveal to each one of us where we have put confidence. The things that we've put confidence in where we really shouldn't be putting confidence. Father, help us to recognize those things and surrender those things to you. And God, help us to grow in believing your word, your promises with all our heart so that our confidence will be firmly fixed in you, that we will trust you like never before. And as we do, God, I pray that we will experience your supernatural joy, knowing that you're so faithful, that you'll never, ever let us down. And as we press into you and we experience your joy, God, I thank you that your strength will take over and carry us forward into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I am so glad that you joined us for this session. Can't wait to be with you in our next session. Stay tuned for some discussion questions. What a great message. I love Paul's perspective, how he didn't ask God to get him out of his situation, but instead he invited God into it, wanting him to change his perspective, which glorified God. So, so good. And hey, girls, we just want to remind you to be working on that memory verse throughout the week. This week, our verse is Philippians 1.6, and it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Right. And along with that memory verse, we also have our study guide. And this week we're diving deeper into Philippians chapter. And so make sure that you don't miss out on that. And now we have some discussion questions for you to take some time and just talk about with your group. The first question is, do you encourage others around you with the confidence that God is at work in their lives? 
The second question is, do you more often pray for God to change your circumstances or to work through you in your circumstances? And lastly, do you have the confidence that he who began a good work in you will complete it all the days of your life? You know what, girls? We are so confident that God will do that for each one of you. We'll see you next time.